The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, No disciple is above his teacher, no slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become like this, his teacher, for the slave that he become like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more those of his household? Therefore, do not be afraid of them. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor a secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but who cannot, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. In our first reading, there's a very, very important phrase and concept that goes along here that Joseph talks about. And he says this when he's talking to his brothers who are basically repenting for having done all of the evil that they have done to him in his life. And he says, but Joseph replied to them, have no fear. Can I take the place of God? Even though you meant harm to me, God meant it for good to achieve his present end the survival of many people. Therefore, have no fear. I will provide for you and for your children. That phrase is an amazingly important phrase, especially in our Catholic faith, because it points to the idea that the sufferings that we experience in our life, sanctification could come from those sufferings, that God himself can actually create something good out of the evil that we might actually experience in our own life. And so Joseph could look back on this situation. He could look back on his own family, his own brothers, uh, with bitterness and anger, but instead he actually looks upon it as the providence of God, seeing the situation that he's actually in now, that through his suffering and through his difficulty, God actually created some sort of greater good, not just his own comfort, um, but the saving of many thousands of people. And he's like, wow, how much more are these other people, these thousands of people, worth more than the difficulty and suffering that I experienced at the hands of my own family? Um, And that's actually not limited to Joseph, right? (laughs) Many of us have experienced this in our own lives, but we often push against it. And, you know, it's like, why, Lord? Why am I suffering? Why Why is my own family? Why are other people oppressing me in some way or persecuting me in some way? But we realize that the trusting in the providence of God, what we really hear uh, this Sunday in this Sunday's gospel when we talk about 
take with you, you know, no sack, no um, extra tunic, no money with you, is all about trusting in, in the providence of God that he provides for us. So today, um, one of our very own here at the parish, Amanda Jewett, will get married um, just here in the church. And we'll see, I'll make an announcement later, but I have to really get out of here for confessions today, after confessions, because I have to go to this wedding. And so one of the things that's amazing about this is that when you see two lives joined together in Christ, you hear something like this in our gospel today. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. So one thing I was talking to my sister about the other day when we were talking about this wedding was that she had seen a story online of a, a beautiful woman who was a burn victim, badly burned all over her body. So no longer had that physical beauty, which a lot of people sort of knew her for. And then, you know, people comment on these things now, these stories online, and somebody had commented, why would you even stay married to her? Which a lot of us should be shocked at, and I am shocked at too. I, the shallowness of people uh, has no bounds sometimes. But, um, you know, somebody responded, he said, I did not marry, marry her body. The husband responded, I did not marry her body. I married her soul. Often when I talk to couples who are preparing for marriage, I ask them a series of questions that don't seem very encouraging at the moment, but I think they're very important questions to ask. In the future, I want you to think of yourself as an 80-year-old man, an 80-year-old woman, and your spouse is suffering from Alzheimer's, severe dementia, and you're now their caretaker. Um, one of your spouses has lost a limb, and they're not the same person that you married physically. Um, one of your spouses is stricken by cancer, and you have to be with them through their difficulty and through their sickness. It's like you're marrying them now in their beauty and, and usually in the prime of their life. But are you willing to be with them and suffer with them if that's what is required? That's what you have to realize when you're getting married that day. Not all, you know, because every one of you who is married knows that uh, the honeymoon is over very, very quickly. And we have no idea when the difficulty of our lives, you know, is going to come. So you have to be married for the long haul, in sickness and in health. That's one of the important things that, that I talked to, to Amanda about. So we're reminded of these truths here, that our sufferings, if united with Christ, if given to Christ, can really bear way more fruit than we can ever imagine. We don't always get to see the fruit, right? Um, I've given this example of my uh, spiritual director at the North American College and said, you know, from a farming background, he said, it's an amazing thing to plow up potatoes. He said, you know, you go and you're plowing them up and they just pop up out of the ground, whole and grown. And it's amazing. He's like, you have this great temptation to turn around and look at them just popping up out of the ground. He said, but you can't turn around because you have to keep the plow in a dead straight line. So you have to keep your nose to the plow and go straight. Because if you turn around and try to look for the fruits behind you, you're going to veer off on the wrong path. So we keep our heads straight ahead, trusting that the Lord is actually bearing fruit through our witness in our life. God bless you all.